0: Hi, this is Chloe Rose on my new podcast, Cover to Cover. So before I had been in Going Off Topic, but the person that I did it with said he no longer wanted to make podcasts. So I decided to make a new podcast about something I'm really passionate about, which is classic literature. And there'll be one of these every week on Friday, around two o'clock or four o'clock, depending on how busy I am, I guess. And they'll be about 20 minutes long. And today, I, um, actually it was about two days ago, I went into my room and I took a random book from my library. I call it library because I have about 100 classic books I've collected over two years. It's something I'm very passionate about and I could just talk about for hours and hours, but you don't have to listen to it for hours and hours because this is just 20 minutes long. So I picked out a random book from my bookshelf that has the smaller books And the one I picked was Metamorphosis. This one is, it's a little less known, but it's very interesting. So it's about someone that woke up one day and found out he was a giant bug. The back of it says, Metamorphosis tells the tale of Gregor Samsa. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. I don't really know. A young salesman who wakes up one day to find he has turned into a kind of giant bug. Exactly what I just described. Samsa has been a model of virtue for years, single-handedly supporting his parents and sister, but suddenly he finds himself an outcast in his own home, facing a world in which he no longer has a place. Super sad. So yeah, very interesting. My mom told me about this book. I'm like, I need to read this about someone that wakes up and finds out he's a bug. How often does that happen, even in literature? And there has been a lot of controversy about this book, about um, what the hidden meaning of it might be. I'm one of those people that always read the introduction of books, so there's they go on and on about it, really. But the book itself, it's, um, it's darkly humorous. That's the best way I can describe it. It's funny, but it's also pretty sad. So he wakes up, he finds out that he's a bug, and he finds out that he's late to work. I believe he's staying with his parents for a little while before he has to go out on a business trip. And he finds out he's late, and he tries to get out of bed, but he can't. And he looks down, and instead of his arms and legs, there's a bunch of these wiggling stick-like bug legs. Which, that would be pretty startling to wake up to. So he finds that out, and he tries to get up, and he just can't. And he's, he just can't get up out of bed because of how weirdly shaped his body is. And he tries and he tries, and he falls on the floor eventually, and his parents are all worried about him. They already know he's late for work, and they're trying to get him out of his room, but he won't let them go into his room because his door's locked. And he also finds out that he's having trouble speaking. Instead of speaking, there's this very shrill noise. He can speak with some difficulty, but it's hard. So, yeah. Let's see if um I can read the first page of it. Yeah, I'm going to read the first page of it, because then you'll get a better idea of what I'm talking about. When Gregor Samsa woke one morning from troubled dreams, he found that he had been transformed in his bed into a kind of giant bug. He lay on his back, which has become as hard as armor. Raising his head a little, he saw the arch of a brown abdominal divided into stiff domed segments. The quilt was perched pre- har- precariously on top and looked as if it might slide off at any moment. A regiment of puny legs, horribly thin compared to the rest of him, quivered restlessly wretchedly, before his eyes. I'm sorry. What on earth has happened to me, he wondered. It was no dream. His room, which, although too small, was designed for human occupation, breathed peacefully within its four familiar walls. Above the table, where a collection of cloth samples lay scattered, Samsa was a commercial traveler, hung the picture that he had recently cut from an illustrated magazine, and placed in a pretty gilded frame showed a lady sitting upright wearing a fur hat and bow with her forearm plunged up to the elbow in a heavy fur mop. Which, why would they even write that last part? It has nothing to do with anything. But yeah, that's how the book begins. First thing you read, he wakes up and finds out he's a buck. And that last part about the photograph. So the introduction, there's been some people saying that it has a sexual meaning. I'm not going to go into details with that, but if you think about it in a certain way, you're like, oh, ugh." (laughs) So, yeah. And eventually his boss comes to find out why he's late to work. I don't know why his boss came to his house. Why didn't he just call him? Pretty nosy boss, in my opinion. But he comes to the house... Gregor can hear his boss talking to his parents, and he struggles to open up the door. Apparently, he doesn't care that he's become a bug. He's just worried about work, which that's a pretty dedicated worker, if you ask me. He gets out, and he all the stuff that he says, I'm so sorry I'm late, I'm, I don't remember what, but he goes on and on about it. And then they just stare at him because he's a buck. And he's talking so quickly, all they hear is this weird squeaky gibbering noise. And his boss just runs out of the room screaming, runs all the way down the stairs. Gregor goes after him. And his boss leaves. His parents don't know what to do with him. Gregor, I mean. They get him back into his room. At first, they think maybe the giant buck had eaten him. And then they, they figure out it's her it's son. So they have him in his room, and they just lock him up in there. And because their son had supported them financially, they're struggling. And like I said in the back, he's an outcast now, and they hate the sight of him. It's really terrible, really. Something else that they mention. So for the rest of the book, he just stays in his room. He's locked up in his room. He crawls around on the walls and ceiling and is fed rotten fruit. That's pretty much the whole book, which is kind of interesting, I suppose. The author himself, I believe, he hardly ever actually wrote books or he just wrote parts of books. He never planned to have this published, but when he died, a friend or a family member found this. It's three chapters long. They found this, and they had it published for them. So that's why it's so short. It's about 69 pages, very small book. It's surprising, actually, that I was able to just find this book without other things added to it. And it's really gross, the way that this bug is described. I've heard the author thought of it as a kind of woodlouse. Let's see if I can find it. And just for reference, most of the classic books I own are either classic children's literature, like Alice in Wonderland's or the Wizard of Oz series, or it's classic gothic literature, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, H.P. Lovecraft, um, Edgar Allan Poe, Dracula, that's a really good one. I really like gothic classic literature and things of that sort, like Lord of the Flies and Call of the Wild, which are pretty much the same thing. Hmm, I'm not sure if I can find it, but I believe that he's described as a kind of woodlouse with a taste for blood. That's what the author describes the bug as, even though it never actually says in the book what he is. And the author had a relationship with his father, perhaps even a slightly abusive relationship with his father. And that's kind of seen in the book the way that Gregor's father treats him when he becomes a bug. He kicks at him and there's a part where Gregor crawls out of his room. So because his family is in financial trouble, they eventually rent out rooms in their house and three professors come and live with them for a while. And Gregor's sister, who plays the violin, she had a recital for them. And they aren't at all interested. They're bored by it, but Gregor thinks that it's beautiful. The drawers open the drawer and he crawls out and he gets closer and closer to his sister who's playing with the idea of kidnapping her, trapping her in the room so that he'd be the only one that could listen to her music. And at the last minute they see him and his father chases him out and throws fruit at him. And I believe an apple, it sticks itself into his back, really, really gross, it sticks itself into his back and almost kills him. He's senseless for a nine and perhaps even a day, because of it. This isn't really the happiest book. <laughs> and it eventually gets affected. And the reason that they feed him rotten fruit, by the way, is because he won't eat anything else. His sister started off by giving him a bowl of milk with pieces of bread in it. I think that sounds terrible. I would not want to drink milk out of a bowl or eat soggy bread. But according to the introduction, it symbolizes purity. And it basically means that he's become a monster because he won't eat it, which... It's kind of absurd. Absurd. I think I said that right. Um, it says, Gregor's ply is a metaphor for the human condition. So, yeah, it's like talking about the animal within and all that sort of stuff, I suppose. I haven't really given it a lot of thought, really. Getting a drink. See, before, I never had water at podcasts, but now I do, so I'm able to talk better. And I'm going to try to stop saying um in between my sentences. It's off-putting, and people probably hear it, and then they turn off this podcast. I'm sorry for that. I'm going to try to get better at it. So, yeah, it's not really... It's such an interesting book, but at the same time, it's kind of disturbing. And his parents won't even look at him trapped in this room. Only his sister will take care of him. But at the beginning, she would only put out food for him if she didn't see him. He would have to hide underneath his little couch or his bed. And he was nearly crushed underneath of it because it was such a small space. But otherwise, she wouldn't come into his room. So he's just, everyone's disgusted by him. And it's, it's so sad. It really is. And because of that infection, he eventually dies. If I can find it. And his family, they're happy about it. They're relieved because he's gone. I'm going to try to find the part. Oh, even they got a maid eventually. And she found out about him. And she was terrible to him, too. Said she called him a Doug beetle or an old cockroach. Those. And when he started to crawl around the walls and the ceiling, they were going to remove all his furniture. And then I think that it was his mother said that they shouldn't do that because he forget that he was a person at one time, and he realizes this is true, and this too, and he won't let them take his things. He crawls over something and he just sticks himself there, and it's like you can't move me. If you remove all my stuff, I'll forget that I was a person. Let's see, I'm looking. I'm looking. Found it. Okay, I'm gonna read another part. I have the book right in front of me. I was prepared. It's on page 88. Like I said, this is a very small book. There are some books I've read that are giant. I'm reading Gone with the Wind right now. That book is huge, but it's so good, too. So. so on page 88, the second he was back in his room, someone slams locked, and double bolted the door. The loud sudden crash from behind, McGregor's legs buckle with fright it was his sister who had rushed to the door. She'd been standing ready, and at the right moment had raced forward on her toes so that he couldn't hear her. As she turned the key in the lock, she glanced back at her parents and cried at last. Now what, Gregor wondered, peering round in the darkness. He soon discovered that he was unable to move. This didn't surprise him in the least. It seemed to him much more remarkable that his frail little legs had supported him up until now. But on the whole, he felt quite comfortable." It was true that his whole body ached, but these pains seemed gradually to be fading away. By now he hardly felt the rotten apple in his back or an inflamed dust covered area surrounding it. He thought tenderly and lovingly of his family. He knew he had to go. He was even more certain of it than his sister had been. He lay dreaming in a half trance until the church clock struck three in the morning. He watched the world growing lighter through the window. Then, without his willing it, his head drooped, and a last feeble breath left his nostrils in a soft stream. The cleaner arrived early in the morning, although she had often been asked not to do so. She slammed all the doors so loudly in her hustle and bustle that once she was in the house, it was impossible. I lost my page. It was impossible to remain asleep. At first, she didn't notice anything out of the ordinary as she paid Gregor her usual quick morning visit. Visit. Ah! She thought he was lying motionless on purpose, phaging injury. She gave him every credit for intelligence. She had a long broom in her hand and tried to tickle him from the doorway. When there was still no response, she grew irritated and poked him a couple of times. It was only when this tube failed to budge him that the truth hit her. Grasping what had happened, she opened her eyes wide and whistled in astonishment. I once ran to the bedroom door and brushed it open, shouting out into the darkness, Come and look, it's stone dead. It's lying there, absolutely dead as a doornail. So, yeah. And it's just, it's sad, really. And around the end, they stop cleaning his room even, and he's covered in dust and grime, and the food that they give him is all rotten. See? Yeah, and they remark how thin he is after they see his corpse. They didn't notice it before. But he starved to death and he died of infection. They did not take care of him at all, even though he used to be their son. And at the end, his family moves away and they're happy to be rid of him and they just think of his little sister and, yeah, they completely forget about him. But, you know, not all books are happy. And sometimes that's a good thing. It teaches you different stuff. So that was pretty much the whole book. Like I said, it was a very s- small book. Um, I got this one from Barnes & Noble for five ninety eight. I know that because the tag's still on it, even though I got this like a year ago. There's hardly any Barnes & Nobles now. But if you see this book, you know, maybe it's worth reading if you like to read Depressing things about the human nature, instinct, whatever. Um, it's pretty interesting book. I finished this in about a day before. I've read it about two or three times. I have so many books in my house. But when I want to read a short book, I usually get to this one or another. Um... I suppose, I said um am again, I'm very sorry. I suppose, listen in next week. I'm thinking of every two weeks, I might take out a certain book in particular and talk about that. I will probably be talking about the fifth book of the Wizard of Oz series, which is my favorite in the series. Yes, the Wizard of Oz is a series. It's 15 books long. And it was the first classic book I ever read. And the reason I started reading it was because I got a bag from Barnes & Noble whenever I went to Newport in Kentucky. The first place we'd go is the bookstore. And on the bags they'd have a printed out um, copy of a page from a classic book on there. I believe there's one from Romeo and Juliet and one from Moby Dick. And there's one for The Wizard of Oz, and I read that, and that made me want to read that book. So that's how I got into classic literature, and I'll be talking about that book in two weeks. I do not know which book I'll talk about next week, because I have to pick out one for random. I'm starting to not talk right now. It's probably good that this is almost over then. Thank you very much for listening. This was Cover to Cover with Chloe Rose Ramsey on Mountcast, which is the university that I go to. Mountcast is our podcast club. So subscribe if you can subscribe to this. I don't really know. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.